Noble Dairy Queen's new summer blizzard menu is back and it is stacked. Dive right into the summer celebration with their new peanut butter cookie dough party blizzard. You can sink your red spoon into their world famous DQ soft serve filled with delicious chunks of chocolate chip cookie dough, swirls of creamy peanut butter topping and peanut brittle crunch with sprinkles. If the peanut buttery flavor isn't your jam, their fresh take on cobbler a la mode certainly will. Say hello to the Picnic Peach Cobbler Blizzard. You can also let your taste buds crumble with the ultimate cookie blizzard that features Oreo, Chips Ahoy, and Nutter Butter pieces. Dairy Queen knows everyone loves a good comeback, and fan-favorite blizzard flavors Frosted Animal Cookie, Brownie Batter, and Cotton Candy have made their triumphant return. Summer Blizzard flavors are now available at your Noble Dairy Queen stores with locations in Kankakee, Bourbonnet, Moments, and Mantino. Happy tastes good. With the shortage of mental health professionals in Kankakee County, along with your super busy schedule, you might be having a hard time finding the mental health care that you or your family needs. And that's why True Heights Treatment has made it easier for you by offering video and phone sessions in addition to their in-person counseling services. True Heights Treatment was founded by Olivet Nazarene University alumnus George Brassy and strives to provide a safe and comfortable environment for all ages and all walks of life. Request an in-person, online, or phone appointment now now at TrueHeightsTX.com. That's TrueHeightsTX.com. Taco John's Boulder Breakfast Menu is coming for the drive through breakfast belt. And with our heavy-hitting meat and potato breakfast burritos and knockout Mexican donut bites, those other drive throughs might as well throw in the towel. The Boulder Breakfast Menu, only at Taco John's. Craving a little mealtime vacation today? Let Taco John's three-for-six mango shrimp street tacos whisk you away to a faraway land of tropical flavor. Experience the wild thrills of crispy shrimp, tango with freshly made mango salsa, and chimmy churn things up with exotic chimichurri sour cream. All from the front seat of your car. Three-for-six dollar mango shrimp street tacos. Summertime only at Taco John's. Bigger, bolder, better. Download our app, earn free food. If money talked, it would say Taco John's valuest menu means bold bites to keep you and your wallet full. Premium ingredients like hand cut sirloin steak, crispy fried chicken, and fresh pico starting at one, two, or three bucks. <clears throat> Sounds like a delicious deal. The valuest menu at Taco John's. Thankful for the way these stories hold on to the lifetime we won't give back. I know these rivers carry Welcome. 
welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the... <laughs> I told you. <laughs> oh, I think that's how we should start this, though. I don't know. People need to know what, you know, my... Um, my life is is like when uh, there's not a mic rolling or there's not a camera rolling or anything like that. <laughs> I don't know. If they really uh, want to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore. This is our last episode for 2021. We haven't been doing the podcast a full year yet, but you got to have a wrap-up episode. you got to have the, um, what do they call that? Um, there's a certain phrase I'm looking for, and I can't think of it. But regardless, um, and uh, I thought it would be fun to do this uh, top 10 most listened to episodes with my lovely girlfriend and also administrative assistant here at Lamore Media LLC, and that is Lizzie Yolich. That's me. Yay! Thank you for having me. I am so flattered you asked me to have this little chat with you. I'm very flattered that you agreed to do it. Of course. Because uh, I feel like most would shy away. No, I and, mean, um, I mean, obviously I, I may be a little biased, but I am an avid listener. I do find what you do very interesting. I find who you talk to very interesting, and I'm not just saying that. Um, you know, even before we met, I was a very avid podcast listener. So you were. So your work is just an added bonus. So I genuinely, I genuinely am flattered you asked me to be here. So Aww, thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, said boy. I wasn't going to do that, but I did. He did. It's okay. Yeah. Um, the, the real Jake Lamore. <laughs> This, this is as real as it gets, folks. He's right here. Oh, but um, I thought it would be cool to have someone else that is also working on the podcast to kind of do this 2021 wrap-up episode. I mean, there's really, there is only two of us, I mean, realistically, at this point. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I was also thinking, too, that um, I feel like I may also have a little bit of a more unique perspective because I am not from Kankakee County. So everything you've been talking about is brand spanking new, which is a good thing. I mean, obviously your content is good for, for anyone and everyone. And I'm assuming majority of your listeners are from Kankakee County or have some kind of significant connection to Kankakee County. So obviously that's great for them to feel that connection, but I also feel like it is a little bit, uh, you know, that I offer a little bit of a unique perspective in terms of, wow, this is brand new and it's still genuinely enjoyable for me, even though I have no prior knowledge. That's true. I mean, that, that definitely gives it a different perspective. I know there's even people that have lived in Kankakee County forever and some of the episodes we've put out this year, they're like, I didn't know Absolutely. that person existed Absolutely. or I didn't know that thing happened or Yeah. Yeah. So, but Definitely. yeah, no, that's true. I didn't I didn't really think about yeah, it that. Yeah, cuz I mean but. even if there are listeners who haven't heard of certain people or certain events, they still are familiar with some things of Kankakee County. I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, again, it's You knew something. Well, very very minimal. And <laughs> when I say very minimal, I mean very, very minimal. What did you know? Um, I Was mean, it just... I feel like the only things I really 
knew about Kankakee County um, came from my grandparents who, you know, as you know, lived in Mantino for a short time. Right. They but, also live in Grant Park, though, Yes, too, they did. Which they is did. I don't County. really remember much about their Grant Park house. I was young when they lived there. So there were, again, like, the things I knew about the county just came from my grandparents, and it was more of just, like, things to do around the county. Or, yeah. you know, I did hear stories about um, the hospital and things like that. But, you know, my my uh, my grandmother passed away in 2010. I was in high school, so obviously majority of the time they lived here, I, w- I was a teenager. So I don't right. really remember a whole lot. Yeah. Um, obviously I feel like if they had lived longer and lived in Kankakee County longer, I obviously would remember more or have more of an interest if I was an adult while they were alive. I loved hearing when you were telling me that you guys used to go to farm and fleet and coming from, uh, you know, the, the South, uh, sub or yeah, South side suburbs of Chicago, uh, you know, going to farm and fleet as a. You know, it's a different, yeah. a much different experience. But I thought it yeah. was cool that your grandfather, he used to like sell furniture to the place next door to it, yes, Panazzo's. Yes, Amish furniture store. Yeah, yeah. The, the Amish furniture store. Yeah, and I thought and that was cool. Yeah, the very cool. That's very funny you bring that up because going to Farm and Fleet is like one of my main memories I have of my grandparents living in Kankakee County because, you know, my grandfather uh, was a carpenter. He actually didn't make his living as a carpenter. He worked um, for the city of Chicago up until he retired. Um, But carpentry was always a passion um, and a hobby and a, a side job. And he was very, very, very talented. It's a shame he never really did that as his main job. Yeah, that is surprising. Um, yeah, but obviously he spent a lot of time at Farm and Fleet, you know, getting things for yeah. his woodworking, his, and he'd sold furniture to them, so that kind of just proves how talented he really was, that yeah. people uh, paid good money for the things he made. Yeah. But yeah, that is one of my main memories, is going to Farm and Fleet with my grandparents, which is funny because down... You know, in Cook County, you say farm and fleet, and people are like, what the heck well, they, is That's that? what I'm saying. It's a big deal. It's all about Home Depot. Yeah. And yeah. So like, people are like, know. what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. They, they actually have farms <laughs> there? What? We don't have that in Cook County. But yeah, definitely a big difference. So, you know, it's it's been a, um, it's been a tremendous year. Um, like I said, it's 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 it hasn't obviously been a full year for the podcast yet, but the podcast did start May mm-hmm. of uh, 2021, and um, it's it's been an incredible ride, and I'm and I'm so thankful for everyone that was a part of it, whether they were a guest or just a listener or. Um, obviously our sponsors, yes, our amazing absolutely. sponsors for supporting us. And obviously you, my dear, for oh. all of the work you did behind the scenes, scheduling episodes to helping me, uh, get a tent for Oktoberfest <laughs> and, yeah. and watching Owen and all that crazy stuff. Well, so, I feel like I don't do much, but I do, I do do some things. There, so. uh, oh, come stop. <laughs> you do so much. You and, and so many other people. I know there's another person. Uh, we're actually going to hear from him in a little bit. Um, but that's uh, Seth Berkey and his wife, Mary. Uh, they were were kind of enough to mm-hmm. donate, uh, make a, a nice donation yes. to us when my my uh, external hard drive failed mm-hmm. and I had to pay literally what did the final bill end up being? Two thousand something, something like, like that. that. Two thousand dollars to recover the yeah. data 
on there. I think it ended up being a little bit under yeah. 2,000. But regardless, mm-hmm. they, um, they and, and uh, a handful of other people, my grandparents, my some other family members, mm-hmm. my brother Josh, mm-hmm. uh, I remember my friend Brianna Whitler mm-hmm. uh, donated to the cause to get that um, that data from Kankakee Podcast recovered. So yeah. without them, uh, would not... <clears throat> Would not have uh, gotten those files back uh, from the the earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty important. Yeah. Um. So this. So we're going to get into it now. This is the ten most listened to the top ten most listened to episodes released in 2021 for Kankakee Podcast. Now this is just. Um, this isn't our favorites, by the way, because I know if we picked our favorites, which I don't think I could do, because literally every episode is is like a, a little baby, right? It's, and it's so you know, different in yeah, they so are, many ways, but they each offer something different. Yes, yes. So That's I don't even saying. know if I could sit down and pick the top ten. I mean, maybe it would take me a long time, but so this is not just like oh, these are my favorite episodes. These are Lizzie's favorite episodes. These are literally the episodes that were listened to the most. In uh, we're going to start with number ten and and work our way to number one. But we will talk about. We did make a poll in the uh, Facebook group that we have for the podcast where we asked our listeners what their favorite episodes were and they were able to actually vote on them so we'll we'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast um but let's go ahead and get to number 10 of kankakee podcast that brings us to episode 7 with the kankakee county museum that's uh, another uh, institution and specifically Veronica Featherston of the Kankakee County Museum for uh, agreeing to partner with us at Kankakee Podcast to put out an episode every single month together. Mm-hmm. She had reached out to me uh, even before we released our first episode and was like, hey, would you be interested in working together? And I was ecstatic about it because I knew Such a great partnership. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to do historical content as well as yes. present day future content. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was wonderful. So I was happy to see that they actually uh, ha- are in the top 10 twice mm-hmm. um, on our list. Not yeah. surprising at all. So number 10, the inception of Kankakee County episode seven. It uh, was released on the county's birthday. Actually, um, so it was only fitting that <laughs> we put out an episode that day about how Kankakee County came to be. So uh, the clip we're going to play for you from that episode is um, it, uh, Veronica is on this episode, but she um, is usually the person that just talks about like the current events that are coming up at the museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person you hear the most on this episode is actually Jory Walters who is the research coordinator at the museum. Yes. So um, she kind of, this is Jory talking about from the very beginning uh, who started coming in the area as far as Europeans go. Obviously, before Europeans, there was the Potawatomi and the the several different tribes of Native Americans that were here. But as far as Europeans, that's where she starts in this clip. Settlement of Bourbonnais, Bourbonnais Grove, actually, 
was a French Canadian settlement, and that was around the 1830s or so. And French Canadians came down and were in the French Corridor. Uh, St. George, I think, too, was also. And a little bit south, Papana. You know, we were kind of all within that French Corridor. But Bourbonnais was established, Bourbonnais Grove. And then that was around the 1830s, but it was a pretty much agrarian society. Um, a lot of the fur trappers, etc. It was not an industrial kind of, of, of a settlement. Well, okay, back to uh, 1853, with the help of the Illinois Central Railroad, which is out of Chicago, they actually built towns along the railroad so that they can do the tracks down. Of course, that railroad goes all the way to New Orleans. And Kankakee was one of those uh, cities that they put on the map. Now, they wanted to be an industrial town, but what about the land in between Bourbonnais and Kankakee? <laughs> so we have a 20-year, approximately 20-year difference, but the land in between that is now Bradley was owned by the Perrys, Perry Farm, uh, descendants of Perry Farm. And that was the Bradley land in between North Street and South Street, all the way to the railroad tracks uh, and a little bit beyond. So did Perry own more than what is Perry Farm today? Um, they don't, well, mm, no. I'm not sure. No. no. Oh, okay. What, what, all the way to the river uh-huh. and then what the section of, of what is Bradley today, okay. which they owned. So between those two, and then and Bradley came in 1892. So all this time, we have one um, town, so to speak, three different towns that operate as one, and all three have very different histories. She's right about that. <laughs> all very different histories. But it was, it's, it's interesting to think how Bourbonnet and like Moments and she mentioned Papinaw and St. George. Like there were all these settlements that were actually scattered throughout the county before Kankakee even became a thing. It was literally right. a, a product of the railroad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, but also something you just don't think about yeah. actually happening. Yeah, um, and uh, so that's what you can expect uh, to hear on that episode. Maybe you're just listening to this episode trying to figure out, well, which episodes do I listen to? Well, you know, I, I think it's very important that we all know a little history of how the county started. Yeah, so. and that's definitely a good one to start with, too, if... If listeners are new to the podcast, it's mm-hmm. kind of a good foundational beginning. Yeah, or if you're thinking about moving here or right. just or just moved here. Right, or just learning more about county history. I mean, I know I learned so much from that because, like I said, I didn't know anything about Kankakee County. So that was very helpful, you know, and informative for me. So mm-hmm. very interesting. So getting to number nine now, the number nine most listened to episode this year was one of my personal favorites. Me too. This was such a fun conversation. And once again, I've, I've, I've said this almost every single episode of the podcast, but it could have gone on forever. Yeah. Bill Yonka honestly had the best stories. He did. He the does. The best there's, stories. There's something about Bill, and I don't know what it is, but he just has the most 
fascinating life and he, i don't yes i don't know if that's just because the guy does so many different things and a lot of times they are attached to some form of media kind of like jack clacy a little bit you know mm-hmm. jack has the the most interesting stories as well and it's because he's done so many d- different types of media and still does and and yeah. bill is kind of the same way yeah you know he works in radio um but he also you know works for the kankakee school district he uh, draws art and it's wow, not just I didn't know that yeah he'll do uh not just you, you know you think of art on uh you know paper drawing mm-hmm. or painting he can do that but he'll also go out and do a, a mural on a side of a building wow what a well-rounded man <laughs> he really is and then he digs graves yeah that was just so fascinating i was like am i listening to the kankakee county podcast or am i reading a stephen king novel i'm not sure <laughs> that was one thing i did not think i was gonna learn no I, I knew a lot of things about bill yeah but that was one thing i did not know about bill yeah and that is the the th- always when i think of the bill yonka episode which is episode 22 that's the first thing i think grave of digging. is grave digging. Too, as i'm sure most people do is it's just it's such a unique story like how many people do you really know that have had that experience so it just it really sticks out in your brain but while you were talking about all of these different things he's involved in i was thinking hmm, maybe we should start calling him the ryan seacrest of kankakee <laughs> county i think <laughs> You had to get that in there, didn't Sorry. you? Sorry. Yeah, I feel like Bill really is the real Ryan Seacrest of Kankakee County, not me. Yeah, well, you are involved with a lot of things, but it definitely seems like Bill Yonka is involved oh, in, in more. So much more, honestly. You know, he also announces the races at the Kankakee County Motor Speedway uh, every season. You mm-hmm. know, he's the announcer up in the booth. Um, and the list goes on. He and he talked about how he announces basketball games. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but anyway, so yeah, <laughs> this is Bill Yonka explaining. He, he starts off talking about how his grandfather taught his father and I believe his uncle how to dig graves because his grandfather was a grave digger. And so the story goes. You know, he taught my dad and my uncle how to dig graves as a kid. Did uh, did that get passed on to you? Yeah. Yeah, really? So you when, know how to dig a grave. I know how to dig a grave, yeah. So when my grandfather died, um, my dad and a cousin and my brother and uh, Pat Kennedy, who you probably know. Yes. He dug, he dug my grandfather's grave with me. Really? Yeah. No, my grandfather? No. He, what grave did he dig? Maybe my grandmother's. Anyway, he, he knows how to dig graves now. But my my grandfather, you know, had, you know, we dug it by hand. Now they don't really do that. Oh, no. I was going to say that was going to be my next question. Did you actually dig it by hand? How long does that take? It takes a little. Um, it takes about, oh, man, like three hours and six beers. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to you have to pack a cooler and you have to. And when. Okay. How do you if you're doing this by hand? How does how do you keep it square? Square and you know, yeah. well, rectangle, I guess. Yeah, but you right? got the, the angles. You say you're keeping it square. Uh, square, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. How yeah. do you do? Do you do you have like a uh, like a frame? You have, you, you you put a uh, box. You put wood around it. You know, so you're saving the grass outside of there, and then you're cutting real specific lines, like you were cutting a garden or something, and then you 
keep it square. Children are naturally drawn to art and the creative process. For them, it can be a form of expression as they explore the materials, gain confidence, and feel a sense of competency as they create something based on their own ideas and efforts. That's why Little Me's studio in Bourbon A created the Big Kids Art Lab for ages 5 to 12. Little Me's studio crafted this safe space for your big kid to slow down, be in the moment, and be comfortable making messes while trying something new. Big Kids Art Lab meets every Thursday from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. at Little Me Studio across the street from Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon A. Studies indicate that art making has so many positive effects for the brain, body, mind, and heart. Enroll in one class at littlemestudio.com or sign up for the entire session and save. littlemestudio.com to sign up for Big Kids Art Lab. Make sure you follow Little Me Studio on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> and what you also don't hear in that clip, another thing that was said in that episode is I told Bill if I somehow pass away oh, right. before he does that he has to dig my grave. Yeah, I remember that. And <laughs> And you're probably like, "Why did you say that?" Yeah, Jake? I don't I I don't like talking about stuff like that, but <laughs> but yeah, I know it's it's, be... it's it's a sick twisted dry humor kind of yeah. thing. But I just I just thought to myself like, "How cool would that be to have Bill Yonka dig my grave?" Right. I mean, I don't even know Bill Yonka, but I would want him to dig my grave. See, well, that's so that's why I brought it up. That to him i i give you permission <laughs> we're just giving bill all kinds of business he does not want the promotion that's what it is but the greatest thing about that is you know you ask him how long it was and he t- yeah <laughs> he'd love his three answer. hours and six beers six beers yeah. yeah well i feel like you definitely would have to i mean i would just feel so creeped out and also probably slightly nervous like so i feel like you would need something to help relax you at least I feel like I would. Yeah, and and uh, he brings up so many great points about how it's it's good for you mentally to dig someone, you know, someone you're close with to dig their grave. Yeah, he was talking that about makes sense. He was talking about how you can, you know, you sit somewhere in a house with other people and just sulk, or mm-hmm. you can. Sweat it out, I think, Sweat is, it out, what, yeah. is what And it does said. seem like it would offer some closure, in a way. Yeah, that too. And it's just, I, I understand uh, the, you know, the concept of, of doing something tedious to kind of cleanse your mind. I don't really know if you'd say digging a grave is tedious, because it seems like a lot of hard work. I just love you know how casually <laughs> he talked about right. it. It's it was just, just like... Right, you're working towards a goal, you're doing the same thing over and over, you're digging out dirt and you're dumping it you know in that sense it can be tedious and i understand that is cleansing in some (laughs) weird ways oh man so shout out to bill yanka for being mr kankakee he is uh truly truly wonderful wonderful and i'm grateful he got to be on the the show and i got a feeling he's going to be coming back for another round this uh, yeah. This coming year and and twenty twenty two because there's just so much that we didn't talk about yeah so but I'm glad we got the grave digging thing in though me too <laughs> me too okay so the number eight is episode twenty five a Saint Joseph Church mm-hmm. in Mantino mm-hmm. where I grew up uh, born and raised in Mantino but that's the church that my family 
has gone to for ever. Forever. Just because, you know, we've been in Mantino that long, Mm -hmm. going back to the middle to late 1800s. In fact, there is documentation, and I think Josh, my brother Josh mentioned this in the episode, um, and I'll explain if you didn't listen to the episode, if you're just now listening to this, I'll explain how my brother is involved in this. But um, it, there's documentation uh, talking about how I think it was our great great grandfather actually helped haul limestone, bricks of limestone from I think it was Moments to Mantino to build the church. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was one of the many farmers or men in the area to to help with that because you're doing this by horse and buggy right. or horse and carriage whatever mm-hmm. you know you want to call it um and i guess it wouldn't really be a carriage it would be a a, a wagon yeah horse yeah. and wagon yeah because you're putting bricks into it but um so my my oldest brother josh lamore released a book this year all about the saint joseph church in Mantino and Our Lady Academy, which mm-hmm. was a, a school there uh, from the uh, early 1900s up until it closed in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that was a big, big part of the church for a long time was having the, because the the school was run by nuns. Yes, I remember Josh um, talking about that. And this was one of my favorite episodes. This is a long one. It's like about mm-hmm. two hours long, I think. And what I liked about this episode is we got to not only hear from my brother, who wrote the book and knows a lot of the history, but we got to hear my my brother actually hired me starting in two. It was two thousand eighteen, I think. 2018, 2019, but I want to say it was 2018. He hired me to record oral histories from well-known people in the St. Joseph Parish in Mantino to talk about, you know, their experience and their knowledge Yes, um, from, you know, either being a student at Our Lady Academy or being a deacon there. And one of the voices we hear is, is, uh, Deacon Dick, who is no longer with us, he actually passed away um, earlier this year, or maybe it was last year. No, it was this year. It was early this year. Um, so it was it was good to 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 be able to to hear his voice again. And I never thought these oral histories were actually going to be heard. Mm-hmm. Usually, oral histories are just used used for like research purposes to write right. a book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they ended up offering uh, a good uh, source for this um, for this book um, and and I think it, it was really I couldn't I was sitting down earlier today uh, thanks to Lizzie for watching Owen for me I was able to sit down and I was I was skimming through the St. Joseph episode trying mm-hmm. to find a clip that we could play on this mm-hmm. episode and there's just so much information so there's much information so many cool stories that I, I couldn't it was hard to find one, but I finally did, and it's a cl- it's a short clip of my brother, and I feel like he summarized it well, and I feel like this really summarizes the book because um, some people might have skipped over 
the St. Joseph Church episode because they're not Catholic or they didn't go to church there or they have no interest in Catholicism or anything like that. But my brother Josh's book on St. Joseph Church and Our Lady Academy really isn't about the Catholic faith per se. It's literally just about the history. I mean, even the book itself starts off talking about the Native Americans that lived here. Right. There's so much more than just surface level. Yeah. There's so much history behind it. And I feel like what Josh really made a point in the book throughout the whole book is that churches are much more than the faith that they're based around. They are intertwined in the community regardless of your beliefs. And he um, actually, that's one of the things he did say in the episode. And I feel like that kind of summarizes his book and what the episode really is about. The churches are community centers. And I think that that's something you can find no matter what era of history you're talking about. I think it's really relevant now. I think, you know, churches get used for all kinds of other things besides uh, uh, their spiritual practice, and I think that's going to continue to be the case. So, um, you know, bringing attention attention to how central they are as pillars to the community, and how no matter what it is you believe or think, you're part of the community, and you you have to work together because the uh, unhealth of one is is the unhealth of the entire community, so to speak. And I I think that just summarizes that episode perfectly. And like like I said, the the whole premise of the book is just about because um, there's many examples in the Saint Joseph book about how many different um, churches of different Christianity backgrounds and and I think there was even maybe some other religions involved that actually helped build the St. Joseph Church, and they weren't even mm-hmm. Catholic, right. you know? Right, and that kind of just symbolizes what Josh was talking about, um, about community and unity and togetherness. You know, it, like you said earlier, it's not necessarily about Catholicism. You know, like Josh mentioned, you know, churches are staples of communities regardless if you go to that church, if you believe in that faith or whatever, um, they're still just so important in terms of bringing people together and for purposes beyond faith, you know? It just re- recording that episode and sitting down with Josh and reading that book, it just it really brought, uh, really opened my eyes to yes. that yes. whole aspect. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's very important, something that we all uh, should think about more, including myself, yeah, obviously. Agreed. Um, so coming in at number seven, the most listened to episode of Kankakee Podcast for 2021 <laughs> was the creator of our theme song. Yes. Episode six with Lupe Carroll. This was definitely one of my favorites. Me too. Um, and I'm cl- I was so glad it made the top 10 and I figured it would because a lot of the people that I've actually talked to um, face-to-face or um, on on social media, excuse me, um, they tell me that Lupe was one of their favorite episodes. And, yeah. and in fact, I think his is the longest in length. Hmm. I think it clocks in at like two and a half hours. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I remember that. it being a longer episode, but I don't remember it being that long. But it's not surprising. Yeah. Because again, there was so much that two of you talked about. And he did 
um, a lot, you know, he's saying a live version of the song. So uh, that was interesting to add in there as well. But I agree. I feel like Lupe's episode was also one of my personal favorites. I believe it was Mike Tamano who, when he was on the podcast, said uh, that he has the voice of an angel. Or maybe he said that no, on, the, it, on the radio. I I feel like I heard him say that. No, I think he did say that on the on, podcast. On Kankakee podcast. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, yes. I agree, mm-hmm. Mike Tamano. He does have the voice of an angel. He really does. Yeah. Um, and I was just trying to see if I was right about the length. Um, yeah, two, two. Oh, I guess it doesn't really matter that. Yeah, two twenty-seven. Two hours and twenty-seven uh, minutes. <laughs> Not surprising, and like kudos to everyone who said that's their favorite because that means they listen. To the <laughs> they whole listen thing. to the so, whole thing. Yeah, yay for dedicated listeners. Um, Lupe is just another one of those people that's full of amazing stories, yes. and as yes. Lizzie pointed out, he's done many things. Um, the the big thing that usually comes to people's mind if they know who Lupe is, uh, if they know a lot about him or even just a little about him, everyone knows. Oh. He was that one guy that was on The Voice, right? That's what I was going to say. And, and that was so intriguing to listen to because I feel like you hear or just have so many assumptions about what reality shows, especially the talent-based reality shows are like, and that kind of confirmed my assumptions. <laughs> yeah. But I'm happy that, I mean, obviously, like, that's unfortunate he had a kind of negative experience. Well, it, but it also was... in the same way, he's so creative and so talented and sometimes I feel like those kinds of shows can restrict your creativity. Yes. You know, and I feel like you, I've also heard that from other people who have like came in fifth place or sixth place, like on American Idol or The Voice or things like that. And they say the same thing where yeah. it was a great opportunity for them to become noticed or to just meet new people or just have like a creative experience, but it can be a little restricting. So in that sense, I'm glad because he really does have, you know, the voice of an angel. So it just. And he's really good at cutting hair. Yeah. He's a barber. So a singing just, barber. Right. It just seems like it <laughs> and in what's, the long run it works What's out. funny is we never, I don't think we even touched on that. We didn't even touch on the fact that he's a barber in I the episode. So. I feel like I knew that, but I don't know if you randomly told me that or if it did somehow sneak its way into the podcast, but I don't think you I don't talked think in so. depth about I don't, it. I don't think we talked about it at all. That no. was a, that was a whole nother thing. Um, but anyway, so, you know, with Lupe, uh, you know, being, the voice behind the voice and creator behind the Kankakee podcast theme song. That was, you know, the big, one of the big reasons I was going to bring him on. I was going to bring him on regardless, just because of his, his talent and, um, his, his great stories. Um, so that's, that's how the episode kind of starts off as we're talking about the behind the scenes of the, the creating of the theme song for the podcast and how that came to be. I want to say, I, I know I just kind of had in my head these uh, pretty blank scenes of you. I wish I could have had like a foreseeing of like this. That would have been oh. extra creepy and cool. <laughs> this again is oh, seriously the, the awesome. Little, this, the studio space. Yeah. I'm glad you um, like it, man. But I was just, you know, I was picturing you at a desk with, in my head, like just different people flowing through the table and you not even like interviewing, but just. Um, you know, knowing your passion and love and interest in our community and in this county. And uh, I tried just writing that out because then I thought, like, man, there's so much I could um, I could write about or put on paper or, or you know, ideas I could throw out there with 
what you know i i think too much into things as it is like anything especially songwriting which was why it can take me so stinking long to write a song <laughs> which is also why i was extra impressed with myself to knock this out in the time that i did you did um, yeah but with that being said i just sometimes i'll go so long because i think like i'll you know i'll put like somewhat of a storyline out for a song and then and then i'll think too much into all these um uh, lines and side stories coming off of that. And so I, I kept almost doing that with, with this song. I kept thinking what, what the people that you were talking to could be going through and this and that. And that was like this thing I kept trying to like, um, really get, it was like just a, you know, stick in the mud thing. I was like, I kept going down that road and I was like, no, 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 it's not about that. Like get, get out. This isn't like a sappy is like, this is a theme song for a freaking podcast. <laughs> Stop. Like calm down. It's hard to believe that he actually had that bit of trouble writing this song because it's, it's, it's so good. It, it's simple. Yeah. And you know, but at the same time, someone's asking something very specific yeah. although i didn't give him a ton to go by i mean i told maybe that's why it was difficult i told him. i mean i told him what the podcast was going to be about but yeah regardless um so grateful for lupe uh taking on that <laughs> that task um you know and uh really really appreciative of him doing such an incredible job on our theme song absolutely lupe i hope you're listening to this love you lots man all right, number six is an episode, uh, episode four, uh, with all about Colonel Kassler. And Colonel Kassler was a person that I had vaguely heard about, mm-hmm. actually from from Best Jess mm-hmm. at uh, WFAV. Um, when her and I were doing mornings together on Wake and Jake, um, I remember her talking, mentioning Colonel Kassler one time, and I'm not sure how it got brought up mm-hmm. or how he got brought up mm-hmm. in conversation. I know that he used to, she used to work at Municipal Bank, mm-hmm. and he was a customer there, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I believe he was probably friends with the the owner of Municipal mm-hmm. And so she talked about meeting him and stuff when he was still alive. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I, that was, that was pretty much all I knew that he was, uh, a, a war hero that he went through some incredible things during the Vietnam war. Mm-hmm. He was, um, tortured and all those, uh, terrible things you can think of from, the Vietnam War and the the POW camps and mm-hmm. and so that was pretty much the extent of what I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when when I started uh, Kankakee Podcast, I was we were just I forget how many months in. Well, it wasn't I wasn't many months in actually. No, I feel like that was more towards the beginning of. It was yeah, it was even before the first episode came out. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. So it had to have been because the first episode did not drop until May 10th of 2021. Mm -hmm. And I know. All right. So the person who reached out to me is Seth Berkey, who I had mentioned uh, earlier in the episode, thanking him and his wife for being uh, such generous donors. 
uh, of of the podcast. Um, he had reached out to me. I think it could have been. Maybe it happened quicker than I think. I guess it doesn't really matter. Maybe it was like right after the first episode dropped. Yeah. I feel like it was after the first episode dropped because didn't you say that's how he kind of wanted to reach out to you? Yeah. Or I knew think, yeah. How to contact you? It probably you, something was. Like that? Something like that. It, it must have happened quicker than I thought. But yeah. he might have heard the, the first episode with Eric Peterson and Eric is a veteran, just yes, like yes. obviously Colonel Kassler was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, Seth reached out to me on Instagram and was like, hey, so I live in this house of a, uh, a famous colonel out in moments. And he sent me a, a video clip, a little video clip about Colonel Kassler. And, mm-hmm. and um, he, he, you know, sent me a decent paragraph and was saying, you know, I don't know if you're interested in talking about the colonel on an upcoming episode. He said, but I would love to share his his story and mm-hmm. share his his legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." And then I decided I was like, "Well, you know, Memorial Day is coming up. That could be a perfect right. Memorial Day episode, yes. even though Colonel Castler did not die in battle. Right? It's still obviously with the military background. It there's it kinda, still a connection. It fit well. So mm-hmm. I was really grateful that Seth reached out to me and um, it welcomed me into his home, which is the home that Colonel Kassler built when he finally got home from Vietnam. Yeah. Um, And his home was right next to the golf course that he had ownership in. Wow. Yeah. Now, the the golf course is no longer uh, active and there, but if you go out to the home, which you can, and you can actually find it on Google because Seth and his wife and other uh, some other uh, gracious donors built a memorial yeah, for I Colonel Kessler out there, and that. it is on Google. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. can you can find out exactly where it is. But if you drive out there, you will see. You're like, oh yeah, I can totally see how this was a golf course. Yeah, and it was South Shore Golf Course. Uh, was the name of it. But anyway, we, we could talk forever about Kessler. Yes. Um, but the the clip we're going to hear real quick is talking about Kessler in Vietnam. His He was in the Air Force and uh, talking about his his plane going down in Vietnam. He realizes he's been hit. He he tries to control the aircraft. He tries to, you know, gain altitude and kind of get out of that situation, but he realizes it's it's going nowhere fast. And so one of the other crazy things is when you read about what these guys did, when these guys ejected from their aircrafts, it was not an elegant safe right they make it reproducible look, yeah. like it, it was not the a movies pleasant make it experience look so, yeah it's I mean, just smooth it's like a james bond film oh it's my like word no big so, deal so many of these guys are injured and what, what's really incredible to think about and and i don't want to uh, be too graphic or anything but when he ejected from his jet he had this immense searing pain i, I believe it was on the right side of his body his, his right leg and he didn't realize at the time that between his his um, his speed, uh, I think they called it a speed gear. Um, there were 
couple mechanisms that bunched together and, and pressed up against his leg. Okay, so when he was ejected, that so was in the way. He, that's right. As he ejected, he he's in his chute, he's coming down, and he has this unbelievable pain down his right leg, doesn't realize that he's fractured his femur in half just above the knee, and his leg is essentially... It's hanging just, there supportless yeah and he feels he, he's like checking himself and he feels this hard lump in his abdomen and it is it's the head of his femur so your 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 hip is a ball and socket joint and and the ball is the head of the femur it had broken and jammed itself up into his abdomen and so this this is before he was even tortured. Before he I was, was even, this was captured. I mean, this, this was this was before he was even captured. I mean, this was like step one ejection. This happens right away. That's a whole nother level of hell. Absolutely. Can you imagine? The, I don't like, want to imagine. <laughs> like we just like we just said, this is even before you're already. You haven't even entered the the whole being captured and tortured process you are in shambles mm-hmm. and he survived all of that there's so much his the the story of colonel james castler is incredible um the the book uh, tempered steel uh that seth gave me a copy of when i went out to his house to record this episode of actually i'm in the process of finally reading it um and I haven't picked it up in, in, a, in a week or so just because I get mm-hmm. off track on my reading. But mm-hmm. I know uh, Miss Librarian over here will get me <laughs> uh, get me back on that. Um, I bet. So, yeah, it's just, just – there's just no words to go with Kassler's story except for just incredible. Yes. It's, it's amazing that he lived right here in moments in right, our Right, and it, a lot of people still didn't know about him. No. Know his story. Uh-uh. But again, I that's had no clue. The beauty of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, getting to uh, once again, thank you so much to Seth Berkey and uh, his wife Mary for being so supportive. Um, number five, definitely once again one of my favorites. Me I thought too. this was one of the strongest episodes, one of the strongest messages. I feel like, um, yeah. That you can, uh, something you can take away from another person that was, that went through so much, except it wasn't something that was so much done to him. It's almost like doing it to yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's episode three with Kent Wade. Yeah. Library guy. Library guy. Yes. One of my favorites, uh, coming from a librarian. I loved, loved, loved his episode. I loved hearing him talk about you know, essentially how the library saved him. I feel like that is such an important message and it it kind of connects back to what Josh was saying about how churches are pillars of communities. I feel obviously that libraries are the same. A lot of people think, oh, libraries are just a place for books. And yes, libraries are a place for books, but libraries are a place for so much more and Kent just emphasize that, that sometimes libraries are simply a place just to to be and that's sometimes all that's you know all you need um so i loved that um i mean obviously coming from a librarian that's why i loved it but i just feel like it's just such an important message for everyone here especially young people um 
but I feel like I could talk forever about how much <laughs> no, I love that I mean, episode. That's, but... <laughs> that's one of the big points just because that's one of his nicknames is the library yes, guy. Yes. Um, not everyone knows him by Kent. They'll, they'll, they'll know him by the library guy. Right. So, yeah. I yeah, feel no, like we're I'm, meant to be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big part of his story. And I was so grateful that he, he shared his story with us just because, um, it, you know, it's a very personal one. But, um, you know, Kent is a is a um a public speaker and mm-hmm. he does a phenomenal job yes. and his whole catchphrase is shaking the fear yeah i remember that and one of the things that i remember from the episode was him talking about dropping out of high school and becoming homeless mm-hmm. at, i remember that at age 17 you know, and so it's like at that time I was like, I can't do this. And so I dropped out at 17. Um, my sister kicked me out as well because, again, I was just doing my own thing. She had three kids to raise, two boys and a girl. Um, she didn't want, you know, the issues that I was bringing from the neighborhood into the house. And so um, I became homeless. And so the library was my safe haven again. I uh, went there. Uh, they were wondering, like, why are you here? Like, why are you here during the yeah, daytime. why are you always here? Why are you single always here? Day? Like, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. being 17, they're like, yeah. shouldn't you be finishing school? Shouldn't you be or, at school? That's exact yeah. words. And yeah. so they, uh, but I told them what happened. They were like, no, nah, that's not happening. And so some staff pulled together some, you know, some change. Uh, Aldi's was still in the area downtown. I mean, yeah, downtown. And so I uh, went there and got some, some, some stuff from my book bag. And then I came back and they took me to the adults, uh, the youth services director, uh, Camille Rose, and she was like, you're not, no, you're not doing that. And so she took me out to KCC, and I met Lisa Weaver and started working on my GED, uh, studied for it, uh, took the test, had to wait a year, took the test, and so I'm a proud GED alum. alum. Uh, I got my GED the, a month before my actual class graduated. So technically, I'm still class 05. <laughs> um, I just got that, I just got that, that the scholarly uh, GED. Uh, and so... So high school was a very difficult time, man. I was depressed um, a couple times. I've, you know, I've taken pills to, you know, sort of overdose, um, didn't value my life. Um, and so the work that I do now really comes from my teenage experience. Um, the feeling alone, feeling rejected, feeling not good enough to be, you know, I'm, I'm too black to be with my the, the white kids and I'm too proper and or whatever to be with the, the 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 neighborhood kids or I'm not smart enough to be with the intellectuals but then I'm not you know uh I'm not dumb enough to be over here with those who just yeah, want ball. it's so, like where do you fit in where do I fit in and yeah. so uh and it goes back to again feeling that emptiness of being adopted like where my sister had her kids my mom she 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 gave us what we need but she really loved on my nephew a little bit more and so it was like where do I fit in and so it was a real struggle my high school uh years but when i when i dropped out life sped up real fast yeah if you think that that doesn't even summarize how miraculous his whole story is kent so kent i hope you're doing well i mm-hmm. uh it's been a, a little while since i talked to him but uh, one of the things we talked about in that episode was doing an episode together a, more on focusing on like Pembroke and Hopkins Park because yes. he was actually raised there. Yes. I remember Kent was born in California, but 
he made his way here, mm-hmm. as he said, he was adopted in that clip. Yeah. Um, but he landed, his family landed in, in Pembroke, and uh, we both talked about wanting to do some type of episode on the history of Pembroke. So I think that'll be something that will definitely be coming in uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. We're up to number four already, wow. or, or I should say down. Is that up? I guess it's down, technically. Well, up. <laughs> up, down. I tried number one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, number the number fourth, number four, <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> the, the fourth most listened to episode, is that correct? Grammar? Uh, not really, but okay. <laughs> I, that's why I have the my uh, my wonderful librarian girlfriend here today. Um, is episode two, uh, and this was the introduction to the Kankakee County Museum. Uh, we decided we were going to partner with the Kankakee County Museum even before the first episode launched. We agreed upon to release an episode together once a month focusing mm-hmm. on a piece of the county's history we actually didn't do one for december um i'm so sorry about that veronica <laughs> but we did at least have jack clacy on yes who is one of the wonderful uh people there that you uh can interact with at the kankakee county museum mm-hmm. um but uh the episode two with the kankakee county museum was simply just an introduction of what some of the exhibits are there um, what you can find not only at the campus on 8th Avenue in Kankakee, but also there's the French Heritage Museum. Yep. Um, and uh, it the museum really offers much more than people realize. Yep. Um, so when we recorded this episode, it was with Veronica Featherston, but it was also with uh, Barbara, uh, and she is no, she's actually no longer an employee of the museum. She's actually working at one of the libraries. Um, I think she was actually, uh, she worked part-time at one of the libraries while working at the museum, but then I think she got... That makes sense. They uh, go hand-in-hand with one another. They really do. And then she ended up getting a full-time job, I think, at one of the other libraries in the area. So... um, so she left the museum, but at the time she was there and she was in the, um, um, they don't call it admissions, um, art archiving, um, in, at the museum, you mean? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the proper word I'm looking for. That's not admissions. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Um, it's, but it's where you accept, uh, like artifacts, Oh, I, things I mean, that people I guess bring in. archiving or she, archivals does kind of yeah, describe that. She, I don't know why I'm, I can't think of the specific I know word, what you but mean, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Barbara Dubrovec, or I'm pretty sure that's how her last name was pronounced. Um, and that's who we're going to hear uh, from in this, in this clip. This is Barbara. So as you said, we have a lot more exhibits than people sometimes realize but yeah the big one is um story of kankakee it's now the connie lacone gallery um but that is kind of if you want kind of an overview of kankakee um that's in there that has a lot of prehistoric a little thing there um some native american history um what else is there we have info on frank lloyd Wright in there there's kind of a little video that plays on the railroad basically how kankakee became what it is and how it's evolved over time 
Um, the other kind of next to that one is the printing press room. That's one of my personal favorites. <laughs> um, we have a room that's set up basically like you're stepping into a printing press from the past. And we have the big printing press there, the little key um, things on the side. And then what else? We have two war exhibit rooms. Um, we have the Ponton Gallery, which has World War One, World War Two, um, USS Kankakee. That's always a popular one and a giant ship wheel also. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed uh, looking at that. Yeah. And then kind of next to that is our other one. It's kind of local heroes. There's still quite a bit of military history in there, but there's kind of a focus on people from the county who kind of help make up that history and story, which is pretty cool. And then we also have um, a newer exhibit, which has been a couple years, but I also really like that one, is the African-American history exhibit, um, detailing a lot of the cool history of African-Americans in the county and all of their contributions, both on a local and national level. Um, we also have the Radicky Brewing exhibit. That's also pretty popular. <laughs> I can't imagine why. Yeah. People don't like breweries anymore, do I they? No, yeah. So we actually have a long history of breweries here in Kankakee County. And everyone thinks it's just Brickstone. Yeah. <laughs> Way so, before Brickstone, everybody. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, that one has like actually a lot if you come and want to get like prints or postcards, a lot of the images are actually from the Radicky brewing company so that's just a fun thing and then kind of next to that one that's located within our golden age exhibit which kind of the early 20th century broadly in the united states is referred to as the golden age um, and that has our governor's exhibit of the three governors of that came from kankakee county um, some photos of some of the really cool old houses that are sadly not around anymore and we even have i really like that as we have kind of a faux fireplace and um, a mirror, kind of like a little sitting room area set up so you can like see little things like how a sitting room would have looked. I always really like that. And that is just a little sliver of some of the exhibits that you can find at the Kankakee County Museum. That doesn't even cover the French Heritage Museum. So if you have not visited either campus yet, I highly suggest it. And uh, thank you to Veronica Featherston, the executive director of the Kankakee County Museum, for everything she does. Uh, also to Jory Walters and Jack Clacy. They've, uh, the three of them have been uh, a big part of uh, the content of uh, the podcast. So thank you to uh, all of them and and all they do. So the third most listened to episode this year brings us to episode five, someone we mentioned earlier. And that would be my dear friend and coworker, Mike Tamano. Mike Tamano. Isn't he originally a South Sider? He's originally a South Sider. Yeah. I need to like talk to him about that because I feel like we could bond. You definitely over could. It. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I feel like, I mean, obviously I knew that. Because I actually think you told me that. Yeah, I grew before. up in Garfield. Yeah, I yeah. feel like you told me that even before he was on the podcast. And then yeah. I always would randomly think about, oh, next time I see him, I want to I want to chat with him about it. And then I always forget. Yeah. Um, so Mike Tamano is a well-known radio personality in the area mm -hmm. in uh, Kankakee County. Um, 
and uh, him and I have been working together at Milner Media since, I think it was 2016 or 2015, somewhere in there. Um, and I, of course, I had known him before then, because mm-hmm. before he worked at Milner Media, he worked for uh, another broadcasting uh, company in Kankakee. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people remember him from his days at The Cat, at the radio mm-hmm. st- station that was called The Cat. It's no longer The Cat now, but at the time he was there, it was The Cat. And uh, so he's just a, f- a funny guy. <laughs> yes, he is. He's got, talk about, uh, once again, wild, wild stories. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to all the different places, all the different radio stations he's worked at. Mm-hmm. And the clip we're going to hear is him talking about the very first radio station that he worked for. I met a guy who helped me put together a demo tape. And, you know, then you start going through where our radio stations at. There was a small radio station outside of Cole City called WDND. I went there. um, And it was, you know... I thought it was because I was so good, but it was actually because the guy just needed they, someone. You know, yeah, he's he like, did. Yep. He's like, let me listen to your tape. Oh, that's really good. All right, you start this afternoon. What? You know, and so learn as you it's go. It's just like, I know we always reference private parts, Howard Stern. Yeah. But that's just like the scene where he starts off at that that radio station in the White House or whatever yes. house it was. Yeah. You know. And it was just like, oh, yeah, you're oh, hired. Yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. this is a little cinder block building where, yeah. you know, raccoons were falling out of the ceiling <laughs> that was flooded. And it was, it was. Oh, that's always fun. But the magic we created there, you know, when you, when you look back. So that was the first station you worked at. WDND. Okay. And that had nothing to do. Was that related to the advertising company that you were wor- working no, for? No, no, I had asked people. You know, I'd ask okay. people and, and everybody that I talked to. Like I would, we would be doing commercial copy and occasionally you would talk to someone that worked at a radio station and say, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm looking to break into broadcasting. Uh, you know, any tips? No, I'll get into sales, man. <laughs> sales is where it's at. I couldn't, but, t- I can't tell you how many times I was told that when yeah. I was first getting in. Well, yeah, and especially you know. if you're talking to people who that's what they're getting. Right, because of money, you yeah. know, right? Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I, I'm kind of doing that now, so yeah. I'm asking you for someone else's, you know, yeah. man, man, you got to stay do, do what you're doing. You write great copy. I don't want to write copy. I want to- You want to perform. I want to do my National Rampoon Radio Hour, radio hour meets Sesame Street. Another well-rounded guy. Uh, not only so. is you know he uh, a radio host, but he's a drummer as mm-hmm. well. Uh, he's done comedy, mm-hmm. uh, sketch. He you know he he worked. He performed at Second City. He taught at Second City in Chicago. So many things Mike Tamano has done over so the years. So many things. And just listening to that makes me miss him because um, you know I don't see him. As much as I, I used to, I used to see him every day of the right. week, but, mm-hmm. you know, he works, he still does the mornings on the Valley, 92.7 FM. I'm on the, in the afternoons. So by right. the time I get there, right, you don't he's cross gone. Right, much. No. Yeah. Bummer. So I miss you, Mikey. 
I hope uh, hope you're doing well, buddy. <laughs> Thanks again for being on the podcast. So, um, getting to we're almost a number one already. Almost, Can, wow. Yeah, I wonder if people. I feel like people by this point probably have a good idea yeah, who process number, of elimination who number one is, but number two. I think some people might be surprised that uh, this one is not number one, yeah. and that is episode thirteen with the uh, the ever famous Nick Huffman. Mm-hmm. That is another name, except in a completely different context. I feel like a lot of people know who Nick Huffman is. Mm-hmm. Yes, even if it's well just known. his, even if it's just his name. Yeah, they like just they've know of heard him. his name, kind of like mm-hmm. a, with Lupe Carroll. Yeah. Like they know, like right, they've at least heard the name. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with Nick Huffman. It's the same thing. Yeah. You, if let's say you don't know a thing about him, you never met him. You've at least heard his name, and it could be for for many different things. Uh, for myself, I never really, I didn't have any long conversations with him until we sat down to do this episode, mm-hmm. and I learned things I had no clue I was about to learn. Yeah. Um, so Nick Huffman is the owner of the Looney Bin and Bradley, which is right on Skyler. Um, and it's a bar and it's a live music venue as well. He's been running that. I forget how many years it's been now. And I'm sure he says in the episode, he Mm -hmm. doesn't say in the clip we're about to play, but, uh, you know, Nick, uh, people love him. People hate him regardless. I think this episode taught us that he actually, regardless of the things that you've heard about him, whether they're true or not, um, he's has a big heart. Yes. He really does at the end of the day. I think that's what I learned from talking with him out of all the crazy, funny, stupid, heartwarming things he's done. He all, put all that together and it's it's Nick Huffman. He's literally a slice of every type of person, <laughs> I feel I like. I love that. What a great description. I I don't know. Just he's he all he all around he means well. Yes. And he does have a a big heart. But one of the things I did not know before sitting down with him is I didn't realize um that his aunt was murdered by Timothy Buss, who Timothy Buss, I remember as a kid um, growing up in the early to mid-90s, was the man who killed Christopher Meyer. Mm-hmm. They found his body at, in the uh, Kankakee River State Park. I forget how many times he was stabbed to death, but it the the number is atrocious. Yeah. Atrocious. So Excuse tragic. me. Um, and so, you know, that left a huge impression on me being four years old. I mean, it was it was on every newspaper. It was just, yes. it was huge. Mm-hmm. It was huge news. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not realize, and I think it was just because of, of my age. Obviously, I was born in 1990. Uh, Nick Huffman's aunt was murdered in 1981 mm-hmm. by Timothy Buss. And Timothy Buss was much younger then as well. Um, so I had no idea of any of that when I sat down with him. So sitting down and recording this episode and finding this out, I remember I'm like, I'm getting chills again, just thinking about him telling me the story, uh, chills up and down my spine. Cause that's exactly what happened when he told me the story about yeah. his aunt. Mm-hmm. Tara was murdered. She was my dad's little sister. 
and my parents worked, and when they went to work, my grandparents watched me. T- wait, Timothy Buss had? No, t- no. This is something else. Um, Timothy Buss killed somebody before Christopher Meyer, and that okay. was my dad's little sister. Okay. Who was my first friend. We, That's who I was with every day at my grandparents' house. When they watched me, she's the one who saw me how to count. She saw me how to catch frogs and snakes. Sorry, John Hebert. <laughs> and Mike Gravity was the first thing. Yeah, that's where that came from. Blame her. Um, so my first friend, you know, was taken from me in the, in the worst way possible. How old and were you at that time? I was, I wasn't two yet. And, but the crazy thing is I have memories of it that night. Um, and my mom said she has no idea how I can recall this because it's detail for detail. Mom was cool, you know? She'd, I, she wouldn't take a bath with me, but she'd sit on the outside of the tub because sure. she was nice and not weird. <laughs> and, but I had these little tubs of uh, little toys, you know, sure. and I'd play with, you know, splashy deals. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was playing with those, lining them up outside the tub, doing whatever made sense in my little head. And um, the phone rang. Mom went to answer the phone, which she'd never, ever walked out of the room on me before, but she knew what was going on with Tara, and I did not. And mom didn't come back. It was the first time I was in the bathtub by myself and I didn't have her and I didn't know what was going on. And I was terrified. I was going to say, you must have been very terrified. And that's when she got the call that Tara was killed. Um, Timothy Buss, who was the neighborhood kid, um, not only did he kill her, he found her. So. See, uh, that's, that must, what, what year was that? That was 81 in May. Okay. Say that that that's why I, I'm surprised. I'm just now like I'm literally just now learning about well, that. I yeah, did so not he, know he was sentenced to 25 years. He was tried as an adult. So Tara, <laughs> Tara was how old? She was five. And how old was Timothy? Um, thirteen. So he wasn't. I mean, so he was pr- around what? He would have been in his early 20s when he took Timothy, or when um, he took uh, Christopher. I mean. I'm not positive how long he was out. And, well, let's figure that 81. The trial would have been 82, 83 ish. Christopher was 94 or 95. So Somewhere in there. He's yeah. in his 20s, yeah. Yeah. And. But he got, you said he got, did he actually, you, he got sentenced for 25? 25, but at the time, though, he had to do half time. And, you know, being a good guy, he got out at he got 50%. Out early. Yeah. That was a. Tongue in cheek, folks. Yeah, the good guy thing. It's still just gives me chills. But uh, obviously, you can hear Nick's version of that story on the podcast. He also talks about how his family was, you know, sort of involved with Christopher Meyer's death as well, mm-hmm. because I can't remember. I think the. When Timothy Buss became a suspect for Christopher's death, I think the media started knocking on Nick Huffman's family's door yes. to, you know, get their yeah, take on the story. Happens. So I can't imagine the feelings that mustered up again right. for them. It's like reliving it, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Yeah, so sad. So it just... Um, but there's a lot. There's a, of course a lot of funny moments because right he's in that episode guy. in that episode with Nick yeah because he's mm-hmm. he's a funny guy right so. funny despite all of the the heartbreak which is an admirable yes. thing to be yes so Nick hope you're doing well uh, 
if you're listening to this. So getting to number one, the most listened to episode. I feel like we need a drum roll. Do you have a drum I, roll button? You know, I did have one. Let uh, should I should I pull it up? Yeah. Let's see. Anticipation. Oh. Anticipation. There you go. Drum roll. That's a really long drum roll. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, the number one episode is the very first episode that we released. Eric Peterson. Yes, not surprising at all. Released uh, May 10th of 2021. Eric is the founder of the non-for-profit organization Project Headspace and Timing. Helps veterans with basic necessities, but focuses on their mental health needs. (laughs) Funny enough, (laughs) funny enough, uh, Lizzie right now is wearing the uh, Project and Headspace and timing hoodie that Eric gave me that I stole from that you stole from me (laughs) when uh, when Eric and I actually sat down to record this episode. Um, So Eric was such a great way to start off this podcast. Yeah. And because for months and I, of course, I mentioned that on the episode for months and weeks, I was like, how do I start this podcast? Who do I start yeah, with? Yeah, I remember you talking about that so often, just going back and forth. Who do I start with? What do I do? And like you said, I feel like he was just such a great person to start with because he's so positive. And, yes. you know, his organization has such a great message. So just like a great way to set the tone for the podcast. You yeah. Know? And Eric also helped me move in these big desk pieces into into the recording space so um you know it was it was right then as we were moving these in i'm like that's settled right Right, (laughs) you're gonna be the first much so he's just you know in a way he's helped you get the ball rolling well not in a way he really did no he he helped and it right in the sense of having a a, A space space. right can't do the work without a space so he was a big help with that and that just goes to show you how nice of a guy he is because what i did i literally i made a post on my facebook one day saying hey is anyone available uh to help me move some some desks from you know because these came from my my grandpa's print shop so from mantino to bradley kankakee where i live Mm -hmm. and he hit me up and you know and i was willing to pay whoever it was that was going to help me i even tried to give eric money (laughs) and he didn't accept it yeah that doesn't surprise i mean i only met him once and it was a very brief you know i met him at the event where you did your live uh podcast oh the the heroes hawks and right and i only met him literally just Hi, I'm Lizzie because yep. he was so busy and he was just so nice just in that few minutes we chatted. So Such, that doesn't surprise me. He's Eric is someone that I look up to just because he just does nice things. Yeah, just, yeah and clearly. That's, it, it reminds me that I need to do more things like that mm-hmm. just to be nice, right, you know? Right. Uh, and even and he does these things even though he's got a billion and one things going on mm-hmm. because, you know, he's he's got a, a full-time job. He has the... Project Headspace and Timing organization that he's a part of. He also has a family, yeah. you know. So, um, so there's, there's so many things I think about when I think about uh, the episode with Eric Peterson. Obviously, it being the first one, it really I feel like set the bar high. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, because he's so yeah. positive and so friendly, and 
Yes. Like I said, just has such a great message. So, so it, you know, there was a lot of laughs yes. in the episode, mm-hmm. um, but also a lot of serious moments. And um, the one of the things that comes to my mind is how what what led him to start Project Headspace and Timing. Um, start that organization to help veterans with their their mental health needs. Mm-hmm. So that's what this this clip he talks about. Uh, one of his friends from his days serving in the military um, passing away, and that's where this clip starts. I was in Detroit at the time, and now. I don't want to paint it in such a picture like he was my best friend. You know what I mean? Because that wasn't the case. Like we were mm-hmm. friends overseas. Um, he was so positive. He came into my room and it was his, he was new to contract. And so if you were new to contract, when you get to your team, you meet your team leader or your shift leader, whatever they're going to call it. And then after you talk to them, you meet your medic. And I was a team medic. So he goes in my room, super positive guy. He, uh, I play guitar terribly but i had one in my room and he saw that and he was like oh you play and i'm like sorta and uh he said well we should play sometime I'm like all right and so there were times where he and i would get together over the time we were overseas and we would just get our guitars and we'd sit in some busted up room and we would just play and we were terrible but for a second <laughs> you forget that you're a thousand miles away thousands of miles away from everybody you love you know what i mean like and that was a gift that he gave me right and so we lost touch over the years as 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 that happens and when i was in detroit i saw a gofundme come across my facebook and i saw that it was a gofundme for him And I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's just in the hospital or something. And it was because he was on his way to work, I believe, on a Thursday morning. And he pulled out a service pistol and just ended it. And I remember the drive because I remember what the roads looked like. I I just, I read that that happened. I got in the car and I was like, I need to go to the gym. I need to get something. I need to get this out. And my turn came up to the left, but I just kept driving straight And before I knew it, like I was just white knuckling the steering wheel and I was just tears were coming down my face and I just didn't like if it could happen to him, it could happen to anybody. Right. And when it happened and like all those cliches are true, they're all true. They happen to the most positive people that you're like, that person doesn't have any problems. Don't say that because they might. And I was so blown away that it made me question if, if he could do that, then, then anybody could, then I could, that could be anybody. And so I kind of was in a little bit of a dark place for a while. I relied on a lot of the guys that I served with and my wife, my friends, and it got me to read a book by Sebastian Younger, a war journalist. And the book was called tribe. And it's a wonderful book, a short book, just about the issues that people that, that veterans have transitioning into the civilian world. And in it, he suggested to do a town hall meeting. And let veterans share their emotional perspectives of war. I'm like, well, that's a great idea. So I went to the village of Mantino for the first time. And I told them what I was trying to do. And they were like, yep, you can take the Leo Hassett Center. You know, typically it costs this much, but don't worry about it. And they were so supportive. I'm like, wow, okay. Like little things like that really help. Because when you're vulnerable and you have to ask for help, anything that caught that like uh, presents as a barrier could just keep you be like, you know yes. what? Never mind. I'm not going to do any of this <laughs> exactly. anymore. Exactly. And yeah, so you're thankfully, so afraid to do right, that. Yes. And so thankfully, everyone in the community was just like, whatever you need. Yep, let's do it. And we had like 
10 people show up, right? And so the first time you do anything out in public, you know what I mean? It's just such a punch in the gut when it doesn't go as well as you think. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. At the but beard, it happened. It happened. And a veteran, an Iraq war veteran got up there and he shared his story. And it was a very powerful one. And his mother, uh, at the very end, gave me a huge hug and cried. And she said, I had no idea what he had been through. I did not know. I did not know how to ask. And the veteran the next day texted me and said, man, that was the best night's sleep I'd had in a long time. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, all right, yep, this is the right thing. This is what I got to keep doing. I got to keep doing this. Because if it helps one veteran, everything is worth it. Every hour, every second, all the blood, sweat, and tears of sleepless nights. If I can help one, great. I just feel like that clip really summarized summarized the what type of guy Eric is. Absolutely, you know, it was it was. I agree. That was another episode I had a hard time coming down to a clip. It's yes. like, what do I share? So much good stuff to pick from. Yeah, what what part do I share? Um, so that is the most listened to episode. Happened to be the very first episode that we released. So. Mm-hmm. Grateful to Eric Peterson and his wife, Ashley. She's a big supporter. They dropped off uh, cookies to us. Um, Christmas cookies. I didn't know that. Yeah. They must be all gone. (laughs) (laughs) I I ate them. Owen had one. Kelsey was here. She had one. Um, But they did. I think it was Christmas Eve. They just drove by the house, put put them on our doorstep and drove, you know, drove away. And yeah, it was very sweet of them. So, um, thank you to everything that Eric does and, and, you know, project headspace and timing. And, um, I, uh, I really hope that, you know, 2022 is, is another great year for the podcast. And I'll be really curious to see and hear which episodes end up coming out on top. Yes, me know. too. Um, but I do, before we wrap up, I, I do want to take a look at the fan poll that we oh, had mentioned right. yeah. um, That'll be fun. early on in the episode. Um, we do have a Facebook group. If you haven't joined it yet, please do so. Uh, it's just Kankakee Podcast FB group. It's a private group where any of us can talk about uh, anything related to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we asked, you know, simply, what was your favorite episode? And you can vote for multiple ones. And of course... The most voted for episode by listeners mm-hmm. was Eric Peterson. Wow. How about that? <laughs> yeah. But uh, the second most voted was Lupe Carroll. Not surprising. No. Uh, another. Uh, so both of those episodes made the top 10. Yes. But uh, number three was actually an episode that I thought would make the top 10 but didn't. And that was episode 12 with Preservation Realty talking about uh, the economic development Mm -hmm. happening in downtown Kankakee. Yeah, well, I feel like that was just very insightful, you know, a lot of interesting information. So that is not that surprising, I feel Mm, like. No. Uh, Next was episode 22 with Bill Yonka, Mm -hmm. who's on the top. He's actually on the top 10. Not not surprising. and with the same amount of votes is episode 32 with uh, Dawn uh, Brewers of Fortitude Community Outreach. That was a more recent yes. episode. Um, you know, Fortitude Community Outreach is a, a homeless shelter mm-hmm. in uh, downtown Kankakee. A mm-hmm. lot of exciting things happening for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just some of the the fan favorites. Um 
I guess I was surprised Nick was only uh, he was towards the bottom, but that he's is, he's that in is there. Surprising episode thirteen. Yeah, he's the I next. Guess he's he's the next the one in line as well. Yeah, as as well as uh, Colonel Castler. What about Jake Lee? <laughs> Jake Lee, yeah, he was voted for. Mm. Um, I, I was going to say, I suppose we should mention episodes that didn't make the top ten. Other episodes that listeners liked. Um, that includes uh, Travis Garcia. Yeah, he was just. That's like the most recent yes. one. Mm-hmm. Um, Musa Man, okay. Zion Ali. Okay. Yeah, I remember him. Um, we did an episode with the Kankakee County Museum about 1920s prohibition. Mm-hmm. That was a very popular one. That was one that was voted for, as well as uh, Jordan Chapman, yes, director of the Kankakee County Humane Foundation. Another one of, of that I thought was just a very powerful episode was uh, Jenny Shanewetter of Harbor House. Mm-hmm. That was voted for uh, Native American Heritage Day. Another one with the Kankakee County Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, Riverview Historic District. And Hiking the Appalachian Trail yeah, with also a very Molly Eric. Episode. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, and Todd Hazelrig. Right. I feel like, I think he was, about him. Todd was very close yeah, and to I, getting into the top 10. I feel like when we talked yesterday, because, you know, you had asked me yesterday, what do you think the 10 most listened to episodes were? And I did guess Todd. So I'm I'm surprised he wasn't in the most listen to i know he would be i think he's in at least the top 15 or the top yeah because i feel like he also is pretty well known and yes um so that was that was surprising and i mean he genuinely did have an interesting story to share he did um, but i just feel like he's pretty well known i agree so yeah so those are the uh the 10 most listened to episodes of kankakee podcast in 2021 i once again just have to say thank you to every single person that took the time to listen, um, even if it was just one episode, even if you just gave it a shot. Um, that that means a lot, and I hope if you only listen to one episode, you give another one a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, please tell, keep telling your family and friends about this. You know, word of mouth uh, does wonders, and never ever hesitate to reach out to us. Yes, because um, obviously some of the best episodes. Like Seth. Right. Seth Berkey. He's, that episode is in the top 10. He is one that Just sought me out. contacted you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So don't ever hesitate. And whether it's about an episode of the podcast or it's just anything, uh, never hesitate to reach out to us with any type of suggestion or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to mention all of the sponsors we've had this year. Uh, the Noble Dairy Queen Stores, uh, Kankakee Community College Foundation, Digital World Design, Kankakee City News, Gorax Pest Control, Martial Arts Academy in Bradley, uh, 31 Consultant Brenda Whitler, uh, Allison Asher, uh, Coldwell Banker Realty, and um, All Automotive as well, uh, located in Moments, Mantino, Kankakee and in Piatone. I think I think that's all of them. If I missed someone, I please don't hate me, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that is all the the sponsors and of course to my family and my wonderful girlfriend and administrative assistant Lizzie Yolich. So thank You're you. You're very for, welcome. Yeah, and thanks to all the 
listeners and supporters and sponsors. We really appreciate everything you do for us. And, uh, you know, we've got, we were just (laughs) having a conversation before recording this episode on how we're going into 2022 and how exactly that's going to progress. Yeah. Things might be a little different, but. um, Different, but good. Different, but good. We're, we're trying to figure out some approaches mm-hmm. um, that uh, we can try to obviously improve upon things right. and make things better. And thank you to everyone, by the way, who filled out the survey right. Very as helpful. well. That was extremely helpful. There's some really good, uh, actually, some some suggestions oh, good. Good. In, uh, in that survey. Someone yeah. mentioned um, doing like a spotlight on some of the... Um, Senior citizens that live in and oh, nursing nice. homes That's in the a great area. Idea. I feel like they, uh, the uh, whoever it was that suggested it, said you know a lot of times they kind of just get, you know, they get shut in there and they kind of get forgotten about and yes, some of them have some pretty incredible stories. Yeah, and I feel like that's like you said, or you know, our listener said that's a great way to kind of highlight their stories because. Um, I mean, a lot of seniors might not have access to social media and internet and things like that. So, yes. um, if we're not reaching out to them, then who else would be able to share their story? So that's a great idea. Yeah. And it's just another reason why if you have a guest suggestion or, you know, someone, please reach out to us and say, Hey, what about this person? Um, because we don't always know about it. Yes. We so. always appreciate any feedback. Yes. All right. Well, I guess that uh, wraps up this episode. Cheers to Woohoo! the new we year. Right? Well, I know we should have yeah. <laughs> we should have had our champagne toast. We're drinking. Yeah. We've got water, I guess. Yeah, you it's kind of boring, but it is kind of boring. Cheers. Cheers with with water. There we go. We just you can't obviously see it. You probably didn't hear it either, but we did. Cheers our glasses of water. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for all your love and support for Kankakee Podcast. Please follow us on social media at Kankakee Podcast. Give us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And I know you can uh, do that as well on Spotify now or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And also subscribe to our mailing list at KankakeePodcast.com. Our theme song, as we mentioned, by the very talented and handsome Lupe Carroll. People tend to stick to you